In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. My bitch a choose it lover, never fuck without a rubber, never in the sheets like it on top of the cover, money on the dresser, drive a compressor, top notch hoes get the most, not the lesser, trash like the fuck for forty dollars in the club, fucking up the game, bitch it gets no love, she be cross country giving all that she got, her ties on her papa pulling pillars off the line. Smashed up the gray one, bought me a red. Every time we hit the parking lot, we turn head. Some hoes wanna choose, but them bitches too scary. Your bitch chose me, you ain't a pimp, you a fairy. very declarative i am ryan bailey right there you guys it's friday we did it we made it through another week these things go by so quick if there's any kids listening with their parents right now i want i want to talk to you kids just right now first off i have a joke for you okay two naked ladies walking (laughs) starting strong no 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 what i want to tell the kid what i want to tell the youth the youth of america i am a child of the world Uh, No, what I want to tell you guys is that all that stuff that you heard when you were a kid, when you felt like the summers were so long and that time would, uh, you know, you almost had too much time. It was almost boring how much time there was is that that it's it's not true. It's as you get older, it goes faster and faster and faster. And you can start you can really see, you know, all those movies with the with the old people at the end of their lives and they're like. It goes by so quick. It all just goes by in a blink. You start going, holy shit, I made fun of those lines when I was a kid. Now I'm like, oh my God, at this rate, the end of my life is going to feel like two weeks from now. You know, it's like, that was just two weeks. It's just going too quick. And I don't know how to make it slow down because even a pandemic didn't really make it slow down. Um, So yeah, I, I don't, there's no... It's just, you know what, maybe there's too many experiences, maybe your mind gets filled with stuff, and that's what makes everything feel like it goes so fast. Like when you're young, you're like an empty hard drive, if you will. 
So everything, you know, you really have no concept of time, but then you, God, I swear to God, I'm not even high. This is, this, is, I got way too deep, way too quick. And this is not, this is, we're doing a Kardashian recap plus a couple stories. I already got deeper than I've ever been on this show ever in my life. What do you think we really are? Do you think we're just stardust? <laughs> what are you guys going to do this weekend? Are you going to like barbecue or swim or anything like that? It, it, it's a heat wave. I was in LA for a couple of days. I came back. I'm going to be here for Father's Day. Uh, this is your friendly reminder that Father's Day is this Sunday, okay? Um, and if anybody sends me happy zaddy day, I will be very upset at you. Please do not. I know I have gray in my beard. Please. But yeah, that this is a public service announcement. Father's Day is on Sunday. I know I will get some email tomorrow saying I had no clue Father's Day was on Sunday. But it's crazy. Like, we are in the summer. You know, when I was growing up, the summers always, I was so obsessed with movies and the summers meant like, I, 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 it all was around movies. It was all like the big blockbuster comes out like June 19th. I still remember as a little kid, June 19th, 1989, a very little kid. When I saw Batman in Billings, Montana, my dad was a traveling salesman. Uh, well, he was, he worked for a company, but he had to travel a lot and he would load the family in the car on the summers. And we would do these like weeks at a time where we would drive across country on his business trips. And I remember on June 19th, 1989, the day Batman came out with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, we were in Billings, Montana, and we had Kentucky fried chicken the night before, and my sister got sick off it and she couldn't come to the movies with us, but me and my dad went and saw Batman and it changed my life as a kid. From that day on, I tr I started training to be Batman. And uh, it, I don't say, yeah, don't follow your dreams, kids. It doesn't sometimes work. And sad, you know, sadly also, my parents did not, uh, they weren't billionaires and they didn't die, you know? But summer would always be about what big movie was coming out and what was on TV and like how much pop culture I could consume. And it was just felt like, you know, you could stay up all night reading a Stephen King book. And as you get older, you know, and you have to get jobs and stuff and it just all kind of changes to, and to this past year with the pandemic, especially, you know, there was no delineation really of summer. It was just more time. And so now I, I do this podcast and I put a lot of work into it, but I'm like, what does summer mean? Could we bring back summer? How do we have a so bad it's good summer or just a so good it's good summer? I think I need summer vibes as the Kardashians would say. What is the perfect summer as you get older? Like I need to make sure that I do have some uh, time to enjoy myself. We need to, we need to figure that out, huh? We need to do that. I don't know. I've got some ideas. I've got some ideas I'll be sharing with you, but uh, we do got to keep it in the back of our head. Uh, I know Danny Pellegrino always calls it self-care. We need to figure out our self-care routine, folks. And I, and I, you know, sometimes I can be, I, I think that I can be, and maybe we can be as a society, we can be a little soft. You know, I want to work hard. I want to work out hard. I want to do all that stuff, but we do got to find those moments of self-care that is not just scrolling away on our phones because do you guys I swear to god I can waste so much time on my phone and it goes by in a blink it, it's it's more of that just it's like holy shit I just scrolled through all of Twitter that's insane which by the way Hannah Burner made that joke on her Twitter the other day and I've seen that joke so many times of I've read all of Twitter or I just finished Twitter and I'm like oh my god I've, that joke has been everywhere 
Um, we've got a lot of stuff to cover before we get to the Kardashian reunion. Um, so I guess like, where do we start? First off, thank you for supporting me. I hope you listened to all the guests this week. We were very blessed again to have just amazing guests. We have more amazing guests to come. And what was so exciting, I, I asked you guys for some help the other day. And a couple of people reached out, Sandra and Marissa. They reached out to actual guests, and I got a, I, I've, I've got some leads on some good guests because of you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. That is just so amazing and needed, and it really, um, it really inspires me to, to to keep working hard. So let's get into it. We went over the OC news yesterday, right? Okay, so it's done. Kelly Dodd, Bronwyn, and the other one, Var- Vargas Vodka. She's out. They're out. Okay. So that's all we're going to hear from them. They're done, right? No, we wake up. That is not the last. No, no, no. Uh, because Kelly Dodd, Kelly Dodd, once again, could not let just things slide. She had to throw in her special Kelly fucked up sauce that just makes everything look, uh, just, just makes everything so much worse. So let me share with you what this knucklehead posted today. So I wake up, as you do, and, you know, sometimes I'll immediately get on my phone, but I'll be kind of drowsy and I'll be like, what Bravo news is coming today? And uh, this is from a People Magazine article on Thursday, Dodd45 shares several screenshots on Instagram from an alleged text exchange she had with Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, 43. Bronwyn's only 43? Oh my God, that's a, yeah, wow. Um, After news of the exit from the franchise broke. Checking in on Dodd, Wyndham Burke wrote, I hope you're okay. I know we've been through hell and back, but I'm here. In response, Dodd told her former co-star it was her fault that they are no longer on the show. Um, Okay, so this is what she wrote. This was your fault. We'd still be on the show if you didn't make things so dark and ugly and brought all that political woke BS. Your lies about me calling me a racist and a homophobe were horribly destructive and your phony storylines didn't help either. <laughs> and then she, and then Brahma wrote back, well, I'm still sober and still gay. Like I said, if you ever want to talk, I'm here. And then the um, the caption, which, by the way, she's already deleted it oh no 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 i just blocked her so i can't i can't see it so she um and she her caption you guys is even better than the uh the the horrible text uh in the post caption dodd called out Wyndham burke for having the audacity to text her she went on a podcast she said she was fired from the show because we all didn't like her because she's gay she wrote not because she's a horrible person not because she treated everyone like shit and made no effort to be friends with us she continued not because she went on a press tour and made horrible accusations about us calling all of us homophobes and a racist not because she's a terrible mother not because she's a horrible person to her husband the only reason she was fired is because she is gay what a fucking nut job classic narcissist uh, Wyndham Burke told page six that only Kelly Dodd would post screenshots of her own texts that make her look wildly immature. She also claimed that Dodd cut out a portion of Wyndham Burke's text response where she said, I wish you nothing but the best and hope you have a beautiful life. Um, which by the way, I, that doesn't. Okay. So a couple things are at play here. First off, Kelly Dodd fucking nut job as usual, right? Hats off going out swinging. Uh, I don't love to see it, but it, it, it is mess. She is a mess. This is exactly why she's not on the show. Um, it, it becomes at a point where it's not fun. 
And it, um, and the thing is, you know, she wouldn't be in this situation if she could just, it's, it's this, we talked about it on the podcast on Thursday of just not being able to keep your mouth shut at crucial times. And it is going to be her Achilles heel, I, I imagine, for the rest of her life. I imagine, remember, she's gotten into fights with her mom, her ex, all of this stuff. This will always get her in trouble. I, you know, I know that there is a good person in Kelly Dodd. I have enjoyed her on the show at times. But this kind of behavior, you know, talk shit like this with your friends. Don't do this publicly. Because, you know, she just hasn't learned that it ends up blowing back on her. And the thing is, let people dislike Bronwyn let us choose to do that because a lot of us choose to sometimes actively dislike Bronwyn. Bronwyn's got her own mess. You don't need to call it out. We see it. So it just makes you look bad and it strengthens Bronwyn. Because then Bronwyn, which is, of course, classic Bronwyn, and I hate to point this out, but Bronwyn went on a full press tour just over these texts. In one day, I saw her do five different interviews. That's wild. Like, you literally gave her more screen time, Kelly. If you want something to go away, just ignore it. Why did you do... I mean, it just... Uh, to me, it is just so dumb. And it it, it, uh, it, it it's exactly why I... I it's just very frustrating. But also, it also shows you, I think, why Bronwyn is not on the show. There is a fame hunger. I don't know Bronwyn personally, but how it reads is that there is a fame hunger deep inside of her. And she needs it to, she needs attention. Now, I agree with Bronwyn on a lot of her social justice issues. I agree with her. And I, you know, from what I hear of what she said, I have agreed with a lot of those things. And I think she is on the right side of a lot of issues. Sometimes I can't tell if that is just for attention or if these are the things she really believes. Uh, but Andy in an article said, well, we didn't let her go because of, uh, you know, of her sobriety or coming out. We let her go because at the reunion, we saw this was still a person deep, you know, going through something with a husband, a family, children, relationships, and it just maybe she needed to take some time off. And somebody wrote me saying, well, that that's a bunch of bullshit um, because he stood by Teresa and he stood by this and that. But I do agree. If you watch that reunion, and remember, guys, a lot of people commenting didn't even watch this season. I did, and... That reunion was a mess, and and it was something where I feel like when you are going through that much growth, the absolute last place you need to be is on TV. And I'm very curious to see what Bronwyn will be from here on out. We obviously know she will continue to try to be on TV. Um, it seems like something that is very important to her. Now, also people have pointed out that one of Bronwyn's good, good friends is going to be on the cast of Real Housewives of Orange County next season, which is dark. So maybe Bronwyn will be a friend of, because I believe she had a sexual relationship with this friend. I could be wrong, but you know, crazier things that, that can ha happen. I just hope Bronwyn doesn't do something is like do something stupid and be a friend of, and then comes and drinks on camera to try to, to make something happen, you know? Um, so we'll see, but it's one of those things where like, guys, you're done. I'm tired of it. I don't like, it's, it's literally the Taylor Armstrong enough meme enough. You guys both suck right now. Elizabeth Vargas is over there making potato vodka. 
I listened to her. Like, there was a two-minute explanation. I'm not going to play it for you guys because I don't want you to crash if you're driving or fall asleep at the wheel. She did a two-minute thing of like, how am I doing? I got to tell you, everything happens for a reason, and I'm going to spend this summer checking on my houses and making Vargas vodka. And it was so – I swear to God, it was two minutes. I watched the full thing. I've never had that deep of a sleep in my life. Like I was just nodding off. It was so – I was like, how do you make your statement about leaving this boring? And like, it, it was it was wild. It was wild. So I'm sad to say this will probably not be the last time that we hear um, from Kelly. And well, the other thing, you guys, did you hear that Rick Leventhal, uh, his contract from Fox News did not get renewed this uh, this past week. So. I think that's wild as well. So now you are in a household of two people that don't work. Remember, he moved from New York to California to be with her. And, uh, man, they are not going to have a good summer, I think. You know, who who knows? But Kelly is such a loudmouth. It is, you know, Kelly's a loudmouth kind of mean. There's like a little bit of bullying there. And Bronwyn is just a loudmouth. But loudmouth in the version of like loudmouth, I want the spotlight loudmouth. But not, like, mean. She always, like, takes the other person. Then she'll, like, kind of, like, well, I understand this. And I was the nice one, you see, you know. But it reads a little false. Now, that is potentially for me just being so, uh, my brain being just damaged from watching so many reality shows. And, like I say all the time, I have a lot of people that are friendly with Bronwyn. Everybody says very nice things about her. I'm sure she is very nice to everybody that she meets. So... I don't know. That is the news on that. And that's all I got to say about that. Uh, this I wanted to mention this story really quickly. Uh, this is another kind of frustrating one. I, wa- I, I happen to hate myself, and I watched a little bit of The Hills New Beginnings Season 2 um, last night. And you guys, each episode, it gets worse and worse it was so bad. Um, it, not so bad. It's good. Just so bad. It's bad. But Caitlin, uh, this character, uh, Caitlin Carter, that used to be married to Brody and they got divorced. Uh, there's new news. She is pregnant with her first child after 13 month romance with Christopher Brock. Now, I don't know who Christopher Brock is. Obviously, her boyfriend. But what's frustrating about that is it's a 13 month relationship. The Hills New Beginnings was not filmed 13 months ago. And in this, she's quote unquote single. And like she has this supposed girl relationship with this like Italian girl who's really fucking annoying. And I, I find the whole thing annoying. And it this is like this kind of news where you're like, oh, so it's just another fake thing about the Hills. Like I truly believe we have moved past that kind of crap as a society where we want our reality shows to be based in some sort of reality. And it is just so boring. Like, it is so boring. And they overpower you with music and lights. And you, it's like waving, uh, like, all this sugar in front of you. And it's like, oh, this tastes good. But then you're like, oh, my God, I'm sick immediately. And there's no substance to this candy bar, you know? It's just gross. And, and it gets you mad because you're like... They probably spent so much money on this. I mark my words, you guys, there will not be a third season of The Hills New Beginnings. No, no way. No. Oh, sorry. My friend uh uh Megan uh texted me to uh to say that um 
<laughs> so Kelly Dodd now is in a fight with uh, Golnessa from Shaws of Sunset. If you don't watch that show, it is on Sunday nights. Um, but they got into it uh, because Kelly, uh, acting like she doesn't know who Golnessa is, and uh, then uh, Golnessa just uh, posted a shot of Kelly saying that the Bravo show she'd most like to be on if it wasn't for that would be Shaw's of Sunset. Um, and so she, and then Kelly in her stories just said, sorry, I have, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen this show, but I have no idea who you are. And then she called her ghoulish, like ghoulish or whatever your name is. So obviously we're, we just haven't, we haven't heard the end of Kelly. And I just, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about before we get to the, uh, the Kardashians and their first part of their reunion is that Chrissy Teigen, uh, you know, released what felt like her fifth or sixth apology uh, since all of these scandals have broke around her. It almost feels like like Drake albums dropping of like, holy shit, another Chrissy Teigen in a poet. Like I woke up or like late the other day and I was like, oh my God, did I miss any Chrissy Teigen apologies? You know? Um, so she wrote this apology on a uh, website called Medium, which is a place where you can, you know, write your thoughts and stuff like that. Um, interesting place to release it. But uh, do you guys want to hear the whole thing? If you don't, I will put timestamps, but it's pretty quick. Um, she says, hi, all. It has been a very humbling few weeks. I know I've been quiet and Lord knows you don't want to hear about me, but I want you to know I've been sitting in a hole of deserved global punishment. The ultimate sit here and think about what you've done. Not a day, not a single moment has passed where I haven't felt the crushing weight of regret for the things I've said in the past. As you know, a bunch of my old, awful, awful, awful tweets resurfaced. I'm truly ashamed of them. As I look at them and understand the hurt they caused, I have to stop and wonder, how could I have done that? I've apologized publicly to one person, but there are others, and more than just a few, who I need to say I'm sorry to. I'm in the process of privately reaching out to the people I insulted. It's like my own version of that show, My Name is Earl! Exclamation point. I understand that they may not want to speak to me. I don't think I'd like to speak to me. The real truth in all of this is how much I actually cannot take confrontation. But if they do, I am here and I will listen to what they have to say while apologizing through sobs. Ugh. Violins. There is simply no excuse for my past horrible tweets. My targets didn't deserve them. No one does. Many of them needed empathy, kindness, understanding, and support, not my meanness masquerading as a kind of casual, edgy humor. I was a troll, full stop, and I am so sorry. I want to go a little further here, thinking of those I've hurt and friends I've disappointed. When I first started using social media, I had so much fun with it. I made jokes, random observations. Think of all the engineers working day and nights to develop this amazing new platform and technology, connecting people all over the world to learn, create, and find kindred spirits, and I used it to snark at some celebrities. In reality, I was insecure, immature, and in a world where I thought I needed to impress strangers to be accepted. If there was a pop culture pile-on, I took to Twitter to try to gain attention and show off what I, at the time, believed was a crude, clever, harmless quip. I thought it made me cool and relatable if I poked fun at celebrities. Now confronted with some of the things that I said, I cringe to my core. I'll honestly get sharp stabbing pains in my body randomly remembering my asshole past, and I deserve it. Words have consequences, and there are real people behind the Twitter handles I went after. 
It wasn't just attacking some random avatar, but hurting young women, some who were still girls who had feelings. How could I not stop and think of that? Why did I think there was some invisible psycho-celebrity formula that prevents anyone with more followers from experiencing pain? How did I not realize my words were cruel? What gave me the right to say these things? I wasn't mean in my everyday life. More than once, someone would come up to me and say, you're much nicer in person. Why was that not a huge red flag? But I took it in and tossed it aside. I did book signings where girls would call me a badass bitch, and I'd stretch my arm towards them and as they walked away, looking at my friends and saying, I promise I'm not. At this time, I just didn't get it. Believe me, I get it now. I'm telling you this for context. Oh, this is a lot longer than I thought. I'm telling you this for context, context, not seeking or deserving any sympathy. There's no justification for my behavior. I'm not a victim here. The subjects of your sympathy and mine should be those I put down. The truth is I'm no longer the person who wrote those horrible things. I grew up, got therapy, got married, had kids, got more therapy, experienced loss and pain, got more therapy and experienced more life and got more therapy. Life has made me more empathetic. I'm more understanding of what motivates trolling, the instant gratification that you get from lashing out and clapping back, throwing rocks at someone you think is invincible because they're famous. Also, I know now how it feels to be on the receiving end of incredible vitriol. Believe me, the irony of this is not lost on me. John tells me almost every day how much our daughter Luna reminds him of me. Every day I try to make sure she's all the best parts of me, all the things I aspire to be all the time, but fail at sometimes. And we preach kindness to her and Miles every chance we get. Will they eventually realize there is some hypocrisy there? I certainly do. But I hope they recognize my evolution. My goal is to be so good that my kids will think this was all a fairy tale, not the fake good. The good has the best intentions. The good who wakes up wanting to make her friends, family, her team, and fans as happy as possible. The good who will still fuck up in front of the world, but rarely and never not growing only more good from it. I'm going to keep working to be the best version of myself for everyone. Everyone deserves better, even my detractors, and better is what you can expect from me. The world needs more kindness and love, and I want to contribute to it. I've been on a path of self-improvement for the past decade, and that path is going to continue. I truly love that social media has connected me to so many of you. We've shared so much. I've learned so much. I've grown so much. And I love what you have meant to me. I have so much love to give if you are open and willing to accept it. And if not, that's okay too. That's something I work on being more okay with every day. I know I let you down, but I hope I can make you proud. It's been a heavy few weeks, so I'm going to take some more time to focus on things that are most important, being with my family and taking care of myself. We are all more than our worst moments. I won't ask for your forgiveness, only your patience and tolerance. I ask that you allow me, as I promise, to allow myself to own past mistakes and be given the opportunity to seek self-improvement and change. Few, a lot, I know. Thanks for listening. Okay. So, okay, so this is like cancel culture, right? This is what we talk about. Now, the thing as I get more into this podcast and more into like studying celebrities, even though I feel like I've done this most of my life, is I just don't know the why. You know, even when I wanted, even when I, I you know, I, I grew up an actor, you know, that's what I want to be. That's what I still am in some ways. But I never viewed myself, and maybe this is because of my insecurities, I never viewed myself as a star or think, I mean, I, you know, if I dared to ever dream, but I think deep down, I remember that's like sometimes why I like, I could never, it was hard for me to smoke weed, I remember, um, because I would get to a point where I'd, you know, you know, you'd look at yourself in the mirror and you'd be like, you're a phony. You're never going to, I, I, it would just like kind of increase my negative self-talk. And so I never really let myself dream that big, you know, 
I never thought I could ever be a star star. Like, and I know that says a lot more about me than about anything else, but I don't know what motivates this. Like, it is fun. It is, I got to tell you, it is extremely um, rewarding and so exciting to wake up in the morning and have a couple people reach out and say that they like the podcast or something. And I'm telling you, this is on the smallest, smallest, smallest scale. I'm just trying to relate in the only way I know how as actors, you know, you got to ask yourself, like, put yourself in somebody else's shoes or act as if. So I'm trying to find a way I can understand Chrissy Teigen and all or understand why anybody, including the Kardashians or anybody we talk about, wants this because it's such a pain in the ass. Why this whole like, I mean, it still feels like. Okay, let's just judge it on the basis. So she did something wrong. She did a lot of horrible tweets saying really mean things to people like Farah Abraham, to people like Courtney Stodden, very flippant things, very not even well-written, just kind of things like kill yourself, die, da-da. That's very bullying and horrible, right? And I even noticed last week Farah Abraham was getting to dunk on Chrissy Teigen. And what a reversal that is, right? What a huge reversal. Um... So Chrissy apologized. And what we're taught as people, if somebody apologizes, you know, we accept their apology and we move on, right? And I, I'm I'm willing to do that because at the end of the day, it's just, I'm like, it's Chrissy Teigen. Like, what? Who? I mean, who cares? Who cares? Like, how did we get to this point where Chrissy Teigen was a force at all? Like, the thing that impresses me about Chrissy Teigen is that she can cook. I remember I used to watch her Instagram videos or Snapchat, one of those. And I'd be like, damn, she really knows how to cook. And I was so impressed by that because I always consider cooking such an art form, you know? I'm always shocked. Like, it's like magic to me, people that can cook, you know? I was really impressed with that. I was like, if you can do that, why would you ever want to do anything else? Why would you ever want to try to get fame? Like John Legend, beautiful singing voice. So you don't see John Legend all the time, like, tweeting out every fucking thought in his head. Because he knows how to fucking sing. He's a beautiful singer. He doesn't have to play in this sandbox of stupidity that is Twitter, you know? But Chrissy did. And, you know, that shows the insecurity there. But I feel like even this, you know, the therapy, I'm getting so much therapy. I feel like your therapist would warn you about this. It is so long-winded. And in essence, to me, I know she is upset. But I, I feel like this upsetness is because... She feels like her celebrity is fading. This is hurting her brand. And that's what she's apologizing for because she wants it to be back where she was as one of the most well-respected, I don't even know what we would call her, personality. But yeah, like this stuff happens and this stuff goes. But I mean, I don't think she is broken from wanting to get that spotlight back. Obviously not. It's like, girl, you went away for a month a month and then comes back and like, Hey, me again. I took some time off and reflected. And it's like, no, take some real time off. You have two beautiful kids, a a great husband. You have talent. I mean, start there. But also I will say in her defense, I mean, first off, no excuse for writing those kind of tweets about anybody about, you know, die all that. That's fucking insanely horrible. But also, you know, these people like Farah Abraham or Courtney Stodden, I also want to point out 
there was behavior there, and especially with Farah, as somebody who has watched a lot of Teen Mom, was that there was a lot of behavior to dunk on. And uh, there, there was, I mean, Farah is arguably a horrible person. I mean, a horrible person. So I do want to think like, and especially as somebody that, that has strong opinions about celebrities and is now doing this on a daily basis, you know, because I always try to put myself in this position of like, okay, I'm eventually going to say something wrong. In fact, I have said many things wrong. I say it on a weekly basis. And some of you are nice enough to walk me through that without being um, mean about it. And I love that. I can, I can receive that well. In fact, oh my God, I've got to find this uh, DM. Oh, what was the word? Um, oh, let me find it. One sec, one sec, one sec. Um, okay, so I was trying to find my note and I can't find it and I'm trying to find the DM. But basically, um, uh, one of the listeners, this uh, a female wrote in very nicely and there was a, a conversation on Monday about, uh, and, and a harmful term was used of beard in regards to, you know, that was a, a slang used to, uh, you know, they, you know, like they back in the day, they said Katie Holmes was Tom Cruise's beard. And that is a harmful quote. And, and it was used in regards to Kanye. And that was a harmful thing. It's not the right word to use. Uh, and it wasn't my intention. And I've said that uh, a couple times this week. But I did want there was a, a lady that wrote in and gave me the correct term to use. And and I'm so pissed that I can't find it and my memory is not recalling it. I will try to find it. Um, but And by the way, if, if, if it was you, if you're listening, can you write me again? Because the DMs sometimes pile up and I can't find the notes. But she was so nice about it and it made so much sense. And I was like, oh, thank you for that. Um, but I, I have put myself in that position sometimes if I'll say some idiotic things. Um, but I also want to say... I also know without a shadow of doubt that I've never told somebody to kill themselves. I've never written that somebody should die. I've never, um, uh, you know, I've never sexually harassed a female. I have never, you know, like I know these things. So, but Chrissy did these, did do these things and she knew that and she had that in her. Um, so there is that difference um, but I don't know, this just reads very, uh, I feel like I know she is feeling real pain and I have empathy for that, but there is a, a side of it's just her quest for fame though. I don't think it's her quest to like be whole and to be a good person for her kids. It feels performative a little in that she wants to be good for us. And the thing is with us, we don't matter. We shouldn't matter as much as your family and your friends, and your cooking, and your actual God-given talents. And maybe that's humor, sure, you know, when it's done the right way. But we shouldn't mean anything. But sometimes I think then it's not the we, it's just that we represent money, you know? We represent money. So it's not even like they're, they're, they're sad that, you know, she's sad that she might have had Ryan Bailey not a fan anymore. No, she's sad that I might not buy something that she's going to promote down the line. And I think that's where this is coming from because she was on top of the world in terms of doing what she does. You can't get a lot further than what Chrissy Teigen, where Chrissy Teigen was, you know? But I don't think she, she's nowhere near canceled. If you look at her post, she still gets like a million likes for these things. I, I, the general public, the people that don't think about things pretty much, the, that, that actually 
probably think about their own lives more and not celebrity bullshit like this. I think they take it at face value and go, okay, you know, I forgive you, like, and go on and, and want to see Chrissy Teigen succeed. I think it's sometimes us, the people that dig a little deeper, that take this stuff a little bit more personally and really appreciate the art around celebrity and the art around PR and the art around this. I think this is, you know, we look a little deeper and it kind of sometimes rings a little false because we know the feelings behind it, you know, and that it's sometimes not really pure. And I think there's a narcissistic quality to celebrity. Um, and that drug must be the most addictive drug in the world. You know, it really like, I, 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 it must be so nice and so addictive. It must be like what I hear heroin is like, is that, you know, you never feel anything like it. And then you chase that feeling the rest of your life. And some people just don't come out from, from that addiction, you know? So we'll keep you posted. But I, I do also want to say like these people that she attacked by no means should ever have been told they were killed and stuff. But I do want to make that delineation that it's okay to make fun of Farrah Abraham. Farrah Abraham has done a lot of things to be made fun of. And that should, you know, like sometimes it should be, there should be a checks and balances. And that is what criticism of pop culture is. It's a form of checks and balances, but you cross a line when you're telling somebody to kill themselves. You're crossing a line when you're starting to bully people, you know, like I even know when I start to cross a line or when I feel like, well, there's too much hate behind this, you know, I feel icky doing this. Um, so, you know, we'll keep you updated. I'm sure there'll be another apology la next week. Uh, but I also don't believe in cancel culture in the sense that, it, it might scar, it might be a footnote on your resume, but these people are, con you know, are able to continue to work, you know? Oh, also, my friend Anne is at the uh, Chicago Loverboy meetup where Carl, Amanda, and Kyle are at. And she just sent me, like, I've had a couple people now send me pictures with Carl from then. Like, Carl seems to be the really big draw. Oh, wait, she just sent me five pictures of Amanda. Amanda's not wearing shoes at this Chicago bar and it looks like cement. And that is, uh, that's gross. That's not, that's not good. Uh, Ann also says, uh, Carl said that he loves me. So that's good. And Kyle was so wasted. He was struggling. That's amazing. Maybe we'll have Ann on next week to talk about her experience. Uh, cause I love that. Um, okay. So we did Chrissy. We did Kelly. Uh, let's get into the Kardashians a little bit, shall we? Uh, let's get this going. Now, what I was very excited about was bringing the housewives format to the Kardashians. I thought this was just a natural marriage. I think I, I you know, it's so funny. It's like, I, I read so much on Twitter and everywhere. Andy gets a lot of hate and I try to understand it because I really, I gotta say, I geek out about it, Andy. I really think he has the dream job. I, uh, I, and also I think he's just, I think he's good at what he does. Think about what he does. I think he is so comfortable in his own skin. He's able to uh, disarm people enough to talk to them. He has an interview style. He has, you know, these are things that I really, he looks good in a suit. You know, that's, I got to work on my suit body this summer. You know, I got, I got big plans, folks. I got to, I got to work on the old bod. You know, I want to be camera ready. I want to be presentable. So I'm not scared to meet people, but I, Andy, I just, I, I really do. I love him. So I was so excited when this was, uh, when this came to pass and I did wonder why Ryan Seacrest was not hosting it since he is the producer of the Kardashians. So 
This is called The Final Curtain Part 1. Remember, Part 2 is on Sunday. And I'll have a guest on next week to talk about Part 2. It won't be on Monday uh, to finish this up. And uh, The Final Curtain Part 1. Also, don't call something The Final Curtain if it's two parts. You know, like, call it The Final Curtain. Call the next one, like, Sayonara or something. You know, like, I just, there's not a two-part final. It's just Final Curtain should be one singular thing. Um, we open up with shots of LA. We get to the facility where they are shooting. Chris is in a robe that says Chris. Andy is walking around in this kind of like denim sh- uh, shirt. Um, Chloe is uh, having makeup spackled on her. Um, Kim says uh, to, to Andy, yeah, he goes, she goes, mom's a bit nervous, um, but I just told her to just go with it. And Andy's like, yeah, this is going to be great. You know, he's like so kind of like hyper and positive. Uh, Kim says, oh, they're they're going to bring tequila. We're going to do some shots. Kylie and Courtney, uh, they see each other and do exaggerated air kisses from like three feet from each other. Um, we see a shot of Chris, Chloe, and Andy. Chris asks Andy who made that shirt. And uh, he goes, Ralph Lauren. Which, by the way, the only place to get Gap shirt, uh, denim shirts, is the Gap, you guys. Um, and by the way, I wonder if if Chris asked that because she was going to buy one for Corey. He's like, "Ooh, I love Chris. Thank you for buying me this 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 <laughs> this denim shirt from Ralph Lauren. I would like to lick your booty now." <laughs> Corey, by the way, was nowhere on this, but <laughs> I got to remind you guys of my favorite Corey Gamble video was of Corey in a yacht, like uh, near the Amalfi Coast, and he's dancing to Sexy Back on a yacht. And the guy's got moves, but it just also is that dance of somebody that realizes, How did I get here? How did I get here on a yacht? This is crazy. I'm dating Chris Jenner. Um, Andy has a mask around his face, but like around his chin, he's not wearing it. Um, Andy says to Chris, um, you know, Hey, just, you know, by the way, you've been doing this show for 20 seasons. There is so much shit that happened on the show. That's what we're going to talk about. I just want to talk about as much as I possibly can with you. And then Chloe's right next to her and she, and she goes, and we're all going to be there to support you, you know, and chime and chime in. I'm right there with you, babe. And she's rubbing Chris's shoulders. It's like Chloe is consoling Chris. Like you can tell Chris is very uh, nervous about this. Because supposedly there were no limits. Supposedly this was all, it can be whatever Andy wants it to be, which, you know, that I would love to talk to Andy about what goes into that. And, you know, because you don't want to piss them off by saying things like, uh, Maritza sent me uh, a text of like, why didn't they ask questions? Like, um, let me find her text. She was cracking me up early. She's, (laughs) she goes, uh, how much, how much crack did Rob do with Lamar? Does Chloe's pussy smell like an earring? Uh, by, the, by the way, the reason that is is because in court documents of the Lamar Odom-Chloe divorce, uh, he he there was like a documentation that he said Chloe's pussy smells like the back of an earring. That's wild. So, of course, Andy can't go that deep. You know, Andy can't ask those questions. Maritza can. I, you know, and I couldn't. But, and, you know, Andy couldn't either. So... Um, but I do love the thought of Chris controlling the Kardashians image so tightly that to give up even an inch of control is so hard for her. And she almost needs to be consoled because think about it. This is her life work and not only like a life work in the sense of these are my children, but she really is their manager. This is her life's work. These are her clients. This isn't family. This is business. Remember that this is why this is the godfather elements to this. It's gangster shit, you know? 
Andy has a weird smile uh, in the beginning. Um, they're all now talking about taking tequila shots. A lot of makeup artists are on hand. I wonder if like every makeup artist in Los Angeles proper was uh, booked that day for the Kardashians. We have a team of 800 makeup artists, so we're giving 200 to Courtney, 200 to Chloe, 200. To, yeah. Um, Chris says, uh, Chris says to Kylie when she sees her, you don't come often, but when you do, you show up. And I love that little dig at Kylie not really being, you know, because remember, like I said, all the, Kylie's a billionaire. If I'm a billionaire, I'm not going to do shit, you guys. You can mark my words. And I also won't be fucking flying to, like, the moon like Jeff Bezos. I'm like, you're telling me I'm a billionaire I'm going to go risk my life? No, thank you. No. Fucking no. No. Are you out of your fucking mind? No. You guess what? I've seen movies. Like, also, the thing with flying to space is it's never going to be as good as, like, Star Wars or Star Trek. Like, if you tell me I can fly one of those X-Wing fighters from Star Wars and I can just, like, then I'll go to space. But if if you're going to tell me I just, like, go up and hopefully you don't die, you go to orbit and then you're, like, in this tiny thing and you're having to pee in this tiny little can and eat, like, clumped up space food no thank you also do you imagine that if you like all of a sudden had like a spaceship that could like fly anywhere and really fast like just imagine like learning how to drive a car like just you're just in deep space and you just don't know how to maneuver around so you're just like it's like watching a bad driver like a student driver but you're like that with like a spaceship i've got to work on that thought but it's something's there trust me um Someone tells Courtney, she's, Courtney, you look like a black angel because she's all in black. And then Courtney goes, oh, if you, I am, if you guys feel how soft my feet right now, are right now, they're angel feet. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Courtney? What? This is, this is when rich people get weird to me. They start saying things like angel feet are soft. How do you fucking know? Angel feet might be fucking calloused over because they're fucking dope as shit. And they've like worked a hard day for God. And that's why they're ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does like angel feet are soft? Are you out of your mind? I don't understand how angel, how you get the assumption that angel feet are soft. And also uh, good you and your soft feet. I hope you do weird soft feet sex things with Travis. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I got all upset there. Uh, they all go to sets. Everybody's like, "Woo! Look at this beautiful set." There's costumes. There's like dresses from previous uh, seasons, and there's like you see Chris Jenner's book cover. You see all these little. It's really well decorated. It's very much like a Housewives reunion set. So I loved it. They're all sitting down, and uh, on one side, you got Kendall, Courtney, Kim, and then Andy, and then you have Chris, Chloe, and Kylie. So remember, seating at reunions are very, very important. We always take those very seriously. So if we're to take reunions, uh, what we know about that seriously, that Kim and Chris are in the driver's seat, which is very true. Like I said last week. Kim and Chris are the reason this show exists. So I think that is with, you know, the the right formation for them. Perfect. Love it. So they all sit down um, and uh, Chloe tells Kim and Court that they look very Bridgerton. And Kim says, Bridgerton is the only way I go out now if I look like Bridgerton. And she's like, and I'm going to go out that way until I go home with the Duke, which I'm like, damn, that's that Jean Valjean, that Jean Vigie Jean or... Jean Luke Jean Reggae Jean Reggae Jean Jean Reggae Reggae beat Reggae Jean Reggae tone Jean Reggae Jean I think that's what it is 
Kim loves Bridgerton and loves him. And I was like, oh my God, I would be like, it, I always wonder if like Kanye is still like deeply in love with Kim. Like I know he's rebounding with Irina Shake, uh, which they released a statement through a close source that says Kanye will remain in Los Angeles and Wyoming and uh, has no plans to move to New York. Uh, they will have a long distance relationship, the, uh, the press release said. And it wasn't an official press release. It was sources say. Um, so Andy goes, hey, everybody, welcome to a sit down of the 20 seasons in the making with the Kardashian Jenners with a family reunion like no other. And then we get the, the famous Andy. Hey, Chris. And Chris is like, we're excited to be here. And he, she's, he's like, is this one of Kim's 65 outfits she gave you? Because remember, there was an episode this season where Kim bought Chris for her 65th birthday, 65 outfits, like styled full outfits with like glasses, jewelry, the whole bit. And Chris goes, it's not, but it should have been. I ended up going with Vivian, Vivian, and then they're like Vivian Westwood, mom, because of Kim. Uh, And then Andy goes, hi, Kim. And what are you wearing? And she goes, Vivian Westwood as well. She goes, mom tends to copy me and my style. And we got ready together. Hey, Court, uh, you seem to be living your best life lately. And Courtney smiles and goes, I sure am. It's It's about living life. And, uh, she's like, he's like, yeah, you're pushing your way to happiness. And she goes, yeah, I'm pushing through the boundaries. And I'm like, uh, I just got to take a huge push. Uh, I'm going to push everywhere. Uh, push, uh, gotta take a huge push. Uh, and then he goes, Hey, Chloe. And she goes, Hey, and a, and then he goes, Hey, Kendall, can I call you Kenny? And she goes, yeah, you know, it's actually what I prefer sometimes. And Chris says, well, now that Andy is part of the family, you can call her Kendi, Kenny. And then he goes, last but not least, hi, Kylie. I hope I can borrow a few coins if my meter runs out. And she goes, I'll think about it. And it is so bizarre to see Kylie Jenner. Well, also just like, Look at Kylie's face. If you noticed last week on the the final episode, her face is just a weird amalgamation of plastic surgeries and filler. I don't know if but like fillers and Botox and you see pieces of the old Kylie in there. It's kind of like Darth Vader, you know, when they take the mask off at the end and you're like, oh, my God, it's like and it's this is who you were the whole time. Like she's in Darth Vader mode right now where it's like this is like. We can rebuild her, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's like, you know, that's not her. You're seeing a bunch of people's, you know, you're seeing the best work of some people in, in surgery, do their best work on her face. Like you're looking at somebody's best work, you know, like in a way she is somebody's that face is somebody's sculpture, but it's still off. It's like, it sometimes feel like it's still setting, you know, like that season of Real Housewives of Orange County where Vicki Gunvalson's facelift didn't set until halfway through the season. So when she showed up in the first episode, because Vicky said she didn't realize they were filming that quickly, everybody was like, whoa, what? Who is this? What? Holy shit. Um, and he goes, well, we got a lot of ground to cover considering that all that has happened in the uh, to your family in the last 15 years. Nine spinoffs, two children that are billionaires, headline-making relationships, three marriages and 3.5 divorces, 12 uh, disappearing pets, 10 grandchildren, and nearly 800 million Google results 
of this family, Andy, starts. And that is pretty awe-inspiring in terms of something that you've done with your life. But I got to point out that 400 million of those Google results were about the Ray J sex tape, I bet. (laughs) What if it was like 798 million Google results were Ray J and Kim, 2 billion we're just for Kim and uh, 50 Chloe, 50 Courtney, uh, 80 for Kendall and two for uh, Rob. Um, Andy goes, none of you have any idea of the questions I'm about to ask you. So I'm going to go there tonight. And I'm like, Ooh, and Kim says that is next level of trust that we have for you, Andy. And he goes, is anyone nervous? And Chloe says, you know what? I was anxious a couple days ago and I'm not even an anxious person. Courtney goes, yeah, I think I feel like I need a tequila shot. And Kylie goes, I've had a couple shots already of 818 tequila, which is Kenny's brand of tequila, remember? Uh, Courtney goes, well, I want a shot. And he goes, and he goes no, 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 no. We'll, we'll see what we need. Let's get going. <laughs> yeah, like shuts down Courtney because Courtney was like, yeah, let's do a shot. Not realizing, you know, you got a job to do. This isn't, you know, this isn't your reality show where you get to do whatever you want. He asked the first question, who wanted the show to end the most? And Kim says, well, Courtney did the most. And Courtney says, yeah, but I was also the, I wanted it the most for a long time until I didn't. And Court says, the time it took towards the end, it was just a lot. And then it would come out six months later and it was toxic. And Chris says, but you were nominated for the best MTV fight award. And Courtney says, yeah, but I also I also have the most iconic quotes of all time. And Andy says, which uh, which one? And Courtney goes, just all of them. Duh. Oh, my God. I don't know. Courtney is just court. I can't. I'm trying to always find the best way to describe Courtney. And it's like somebody that I think maybe dealt with a lot of trauma at an early age. And she has read every self-help book. And by the way. Every one of these Kardashians, except for Kylie and Kendall, I feel like have all read the same self-help books. And so it's a lot of this reunion kind of fails in the sense that everybody keeps saying, um, well, you know, you know, things just things are meant to be or they're not or everything happens for a reason. You get a lot of these coined, canned uh, self-help phrases. And that gets a little frustrating because you want them to dig in like housewives and like fight it out because there's also this underlying tension with the sisters where I feel like there's a deep hatred, you know, that just happens with families. I feel there's a deep, deep hatred between Courtney and Kim. I feel like Kendall always feels inferior to everybody. Um, rightfully so. I think Courtney thinks higher of herself than she should. Chloe is completely destroyed as a person. Uh, Chris, solid as a rock. Um, so it's very fascinating that, you know, it's a very, Andy asks great questions. I don't sometimes think we get into it enough. And I sometimes think where he fails is that he didn't push back on some of the answers that he got. And I'll give you an example in a second. So, um, so he asked, this is the, actually the, the, the example, why is this show coming to an end? If you're just coming back on another platform, which he finally hints at the Hulu deal. So I was so excited coming out of the gate because I wanted to know this answer. And Chris says, well, we had to make this decision because our contract was up for renewal. Do we sign on for another three to five years? And we had done it for so long and 20 is just a nice, beautiful number. Um, and, and that's what, no, Kim's Kim. I called Kim and she said 20 is just a nice, beautiful number. And Kim told Chris, let's just try to do last season and see how it ends. 
And then they just move on. Am I wrong? That's not an answer to that question. Like what? So the answer to the question is 20 is a beautiful number. That's 20 is a nice, beautiful number. Like what about the other platform part of it? You, why are you ending if you're just going to another platform? It does not make sense. It did not. It was like right out of the gate. Just total slump. Um, also, I noticed, and I'm not really a fashion, you know, makeup guys. And I'm sorry for that because I know a lot of ladies like that stuff. And I'm sorry I can't be that for you. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I do feel sometimes bad that I'm not into fashion and makeup more so I can give you that aspect of this because I know it's an important aspect of pop culture that I'm just totally at a loss for but i do the solomon sisters are supposed to come on i gotta talk to them they're gonna come on and and we're gonna do a fashion thing um but kim looks extremely dark like kim looks dark dark and i was like like at a time i was like uncomfortable dark for me andy uh housewives goes at stonks to the moon tweeted what aspect of pre-fame did you miss the most i love that he got questions from twitter and kim goes you know like going to a grocery store and then courtney goes yeah yeah a grocery store and a gas station just like normal things guys i fucking hate yeah i would love i would love like to have the kardashians just be normal again and try to park in a trader joe's parking lot see how amazing that is it's some of the most stressful 10 minutes of your life trying to squeeze. Why have a great store like Trader Joe's and then have it be the smallest parking lot imaginable so you have to stress so hard before you actually go into the store? You know, it makes no sense at all. Ugh. Did I just go, uh? Guys, folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't worry, you did not start the show over again. This is just to delineate 
that I am talking about our sponsor today, BetterHelp. I've been talking about them the past couple of weeks, and I could not recommend them more. This is a service that is going to pair you up with a professional licensed therapist. All you have to do is reach out and they will get back to you within 48 hours. Now, this is a service that I actually use that does help me and I could not recommend it more, especially in this day and age, who at this point wants to drive anywhere unless it's to see your friends and have a great time. This is a great way to do this in the comfort of your own home. And what's so cool is right now, if you visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad, uh, they will give us so bad it's good listeners 10% off your first month. And I think that's just amazing. It's a good way to try something out that I think is going to really help fulfill you and get you to lead a better life. And, you know, we get a little discount. So that's amazing. So once again, go to betterhelp.com forward slash so So anyways, the Kardashians, if they were not famous, they just want to do things like go pump gas and go to a grocery store. So there you go. Um... So, and then Courtney goes, obviously we can still do them, but it's just harder. And Chloe goes, I'm very personable. I don't mind people, but it's more the paparazzi everywhere. And especially as you have kids. And Andy goes, the irony is, Kim, I talked to you uh, earlier on in your career and about how badly you wanted to be famous before this. And, you know, and then he goes, she asked, he asked like a Bronwyn question. Didn't you used to call the paparazzi on yourself? And she goes, no, but I did know where they were all the time. If And if I was in hair and makeup from filming the show, I would stop off on Robertson and try to get my picture taken. So Robertson, you guys, just for you that aren't from Los Angeles, especially in the early aughts, it was a very, it was like one of the, you had the Ivy restaurant, which was an Us Weekly favorite. You had the store Kitson, you had the store Lisa Klein, you had all of these stores were like these high-end boutiques and very young, like it was very young driven too. So like Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, Lindsay Lohan, it was the street, this area, you know? And uh, so Kim would always stop off on Roberts and I thought that was very reminiscent. I remember my buddy dated a uh, worker from Lisa Klein who was very young but knew very much about style and I remember she helped me pick out an outfit because I, I just don't know style. And I want and like she dressed me and it was like the that is one thing, you guys, if I ever did have money, I would love to be styled like I really like that. There is something so exciting about having somebody just tell me what to wear like that knows my body and goes, just wear this. You're going to be great. Like I would love that. Love, love, love that. Um, I hope you guys are writing this stuff down. <laughs> Um, Chloe says, uh, no. So Kim would stop off, try to get her picture taken. She'd go into the Ivy and go like, did I leave my glasses here? And she goes, I can talk about it now. Cause you know, it's funny. Um, uh, but I want people to, you know, to learn to be more honest about these moments in life when you're super desperate and you know, you want things like this. I like this. I got to say, man, I really am on this Kim kick lately where I'm really just impressed with the person she is now. And I really do sense like where it's Chrissy. I, I sense a little bit of a, uh, a falseness there with Kim. I don't know. I feel like she is really truly grown as a person in, in, in a really positive way. Chloe says, I can remember a time before we were famous. Um, and Kendall uh, agrees, but says also, well, Kylie says, I can't remember a time before we were famous. And Kendall goes, I agree. And our fame kind of grew with me and up with me and Kylie. 
And uh, so it never, you know, it, it didn't make us feel super uncomfortable. And then Andy asked, did you feel you guys would have had the massive breakout success of the show without the publicity of the Ray J sex tape? And Kim says, looking back, probably not. And this is when we start with the, but everything happens for a reason. And I try to live like that. Um, And, you know, anytime anything crazy happens and I can't breathe, I always remember that it's a lesson and sometimes it's a private lesson that we didn't know we needed to go where we needed to go. Um, So a lot of the Kardashians are starting to sound like Oprah. And that's interesting. Um, Do you think about explaining this to your kids one day, Andy asks. And she's like, I haven't had to do that yet, but of course I think about that. And she also goes, but I, I, I do want to point out so many positive things have happened because of that. It sets something in motion where it has been positive. You know, it has given us all these things, but it is something I have to live with for the rest of my life. And I try not to have any regrets. I wish it didn't exist. And more so because I'm a mom more than any other reason. So it's not like, oh, I wish it didn't exist because Kanye got upset about it. No, she wishes it didn't exist because now she's a mom and she thinks about it differently, which I thought was interesting. And he goes, you know, one of your raps, guys, is you have always got is that you're famous for being famous. And Kendall says, I don't get that. And Chris says, you know, it was something someone said, something someone said once and it just stuck. Um, and Chris goes, but when you think about it, we are famous for having a TV show. And remember, we had a TV show before there wasn't even Twitter. She goes, I remember when Ryan Seacrest called and told Kim that there is a thing called Twitter and to get on it, it will help the show. And we came at a time when it was the perfect storm of all of this stuff. And, you know, and, and Courtney says, yeah, even like I remember the, the beginning, like our close friends were like haters and so jealous of us having a show. And Chris says, some of my girlfriends who I don't hang out with anymore, um, you know, they were, were they, they heard that, you know, I was letting my daughters dance on a stripper pole and they didn't even watch the show, but they, uh, you know, they kind of pulled back from me and Chloe says, yeah, my mom was shunned, but then by season four, these same people wanted to be invited to these things by my mom. And Kendall says, I just remember being at school and being made fun of by these young kids that probably didn't watch the show, but their parents made the fun of the show and were like you know, parroting what they were saying. Um, Chloe, Kim, Courtney, and Chris, you were all producers on the show, Andy says. Um, what is that like? And Andy goes, I've always found that reality shows work better the more honest you can be. And Kim says the producer part more comes in the editing of the show, not more than anything else. And also, I believe these are producers in name only. I do believe the edit thing, but I, I don't believe like Chloe could go produce a movie now. You know what I'm saying? Like Chloe's not. And then I went on and produced the Titanic. Um, you know, others, you know, the, this is a whole conversation about the nitty gritty of the editing of when these fights happen or something. You know, some people don't want them in. Some people don't want their private life um, making the show. So they'll be filmed and there'll be fights about it in editing. Um, you know, but sometimes people will give in. Some people will like, you know, like, so it, it changes from episode to episode. Andy says, what, um, what is a point of contention on what to, uh, to leave in and out of the show? Like, what have you guys gone back and forth on? And Chloe says, well, the fight between Courtney and Kim, 
which was, I think it was a couple seasons ago. Remember when they got into a fight in Chloe's bedroom and it was an actual fight? And this was just like three seasons ago. And uh, they show the clips of that. And Chris says, yeah, that was something I didn't want to leave in. Chris says, yeah, I wanted that cut out. Which is just makes you wonder how good of a show they have in the Kardashian vaults. Like, think about that. They have probably one of the most amazing reality shows in the those you know in those vaults. But we all decide that it's all like a group vote. And Chloe says the thing with that fight too was, you know, it, it was the one day that there was an E representative on set from the network, and. Kendall and I, Chloe's talking, Kendall and I were shocked when we started seeing them, them fight. We thought it was a joke. And then we realized it was real, but then the E-Rep knew it happened. And so we had to kind of like, they knew it existed. So they were going to want to see it because you really get the sense that the Kardashian operation from 20 seasons is a very contained unit. I have a feeling that is probably a very sacred bond of trust between everybody who works on that show. And uh, Kylie says, well, yeah, I didn't want our fight in there either between me and uh, uh, Courtney. And Chloe goes, what fight? And and I just love that Chloe doesn't even remember the fight. Like, it is funny. There is a sense that 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 Kendall doesn't really count because Kendall had this fight with Kylie in Palm Springs. They do this flashback. This was just like two seasons ago. They went to see a drag show and they were driving back from that. It was a really insane fight. But we get the perspective from the girls because Kendall calls uh, Chloe, uh, Courtney, and Kim and Chris that are in one car. And you hear Kendall screaming like, we're in a fight. Da, da, da. And you just see those girls' reactions. But you don't see the actual fight take place because they were driving back from Palm Springs to L.A. So there wasn't a camera crew with them. Um, Kylie says, in the moment, you're thinking, I'm going to fight this, but I'm never going to approve it for the show. In the moment, I will never let this air on TV. But then she says, once those emotions go away, you're better and you're more willing to let it go on the show. Because remember, there's like a six-month period of time. And Kendall says, yeah, but it's interesting. Once it airs or once we see the cut, we relived it again and we got into another fight, which I thought was an interesting uh, thing to say. Courtney says, the story... uh, you know, it's also the editing is about the story being told the right way, which is like, Courtney, oh, are we going to tell the story of Poosh the right way? Give me a break. Kim says, we are seeing our point of view in that fight, like I just said, with the the, the Kendall fight. Andy says, um, you know, you have such a different perception of things when you're behind the scenes. And Chloe says, yeah, it's tough as a producer. Um, Andy says, there's a famous meme that the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. Are you the devilish person pulling the strings as some people make memes about? Uh, she says, no, I, I think I like I organize the chaos. And Courtney keeps giving a weird face to Chloe. And Chloe's like, stop it, Courtney. Kendall says, it's fun for social media to joke about my mom, but I have so much respect for her. There is something going on with, with us every day. And that is damn true. That is damn true. Um... And Andy goes, what's it like being a momager? And Chris is like, you know, we throw a lot of spaghetti on the wall and we see what sticks. And, uh, you know, then he goes, are you behind a lot of those paparazzi stories? Everybody thinks you're behind all these stories leaked to the press. And Chris says, we are all so busy. We have so much going on. I don't even know half the stories coming in. I don't know who I would even call. I just don't know if I believe this part, you guys. I guess but part of me doesn't know if I even want to believe it. Like, I think it would almost let me down if Chris wasn't this 
not evil, but this mastermind. I need her to be a mastermind. I need to believe that she knows everything that she's doing because I do not want to believe that this just happened by happenstance. I do not want to believe this all just lucked all just lucked out. I want to believe that Chris is a genius, you know? Kim says it's upsetting when it's tragic and, you know, they think that my mom is behind this. Like when something, a divorce happens or something, you know, she thinks when it's a tragedy, it's really hard that her mom will sometimes get blamed for that in the press. We are so close and we're all about love, Kim says. And uh, then Andy goes, which is the easiest kid to represent and which is the hardest? And all the girls go, ooh, good question, good question. And uh, Chris goes, if I'm going to be honest and, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, that's what you're here to do. Kindle is the easiest. <laughs> I love that Kindle. Kindle, we just give a peps. Maybe Kindle shouldn't be the easiest. Maybe literally, Chris, maybe you need to put a little bit more work in Kindle because it does seem like she is the easiest. You are like the most hands off. Let's give her a tequila line and some Pepsi. We'll throw some acne in there. We'll totally ignore all the, it's like bizarre. Um, Kendall looks happy, actually, to be called the easiest. Uh, we find out at seven, Kendall would put herself to bed. She'd be like, good night, mommy. Um, and the person who gives the most lip, the hardest, is Courtney. And which is like, I I just, I don't, man, I just don't feel Courtney. I know everybody's all into this Courtney and Travis. I just don't feel them. It's just, I don't know. I don't think they're my, I don't think they're my people, you know? Uh, Courtney goes, I don't want to do things unless I'm really into doing it. So my answer is usually no. And if it's a yes, I want to know every detail. Uh, can you imagine trying to explain things to Courtney? Courtney, it's called Poosh. It's going to be online. And I get to like run it. I get to like say things on it. I'll have meetings. Um, and then uh, the question asks, do you actually take 10% Chris from every business deal? And do you ever feel guilty about that? And she goes, no, I don't. I, I'm valuable to this deal. And I work very hard. And Chloe says she works so hard. Um, and she says no one in the beginning believed in us like our mom did. She gave us our career. But it is funny. It is almost kind of why in a perfect world, your mom would be a great manager. Because your mom, think about it, your mom usually is the one that does believe in you the most. Like my mom does believe in me the most. I wish she would take more of an active, I wish she had, but you know what I'm saying? Our moms sometimes believe the best of us, believe that we can move mountains. And, um, but then sometimes I think that interferes with the mom part of it, which I think Andy kind of missed the opportunity to dig into that a little bit of like, well, when should you have been a mom more and less of a manager and vice versa, you know? Chris says, we are all very happy working together. Um, and also there are other managers that take a lot more. I hear Chris says, I love that. But by the way, you kind of get the sense that like someday one of these girls will leave their mom as the manager. We'll get another manager. Mark my words. It just doesn't not happen. Remember Beyonce even left her dad, Matthew at a certain point, dumped him as a manager. Um, do you all feel the amount of money you bring in is the amount of attention you get from your mom. Do you feel that way? And, you know, because you've said it a lot in the show, you've joked about it. And Coco says, well, we were joking. And Andy says, but yeah, it would make sense though. Um, and Chloe says, Kim was the first one to have an actual deal. And Chloe says, me and Court were left to dash and the other things. And so, yeah, we would, you know, screw with Chris a bit. And then Kylie came around and that was my mom's focus. Um Andy says, uh, yes, Kylie, um, 
man-made billionaire and lip kit goddess? How does it feel like to be a self-made billionaire? And she goes, well, I don't wake up and think about it. And he goes, you talked a lot about your lips and your insecurity. Did that catapult you into this makeup? And uh, he goes, what was your your actual insecurity? And she said, I had small lips and I didn't think about it until my first kiss. And he said it was, you know, a good kiss. But then he said, oh, you have the thinnest lips. And she said she never was able to shake that. And it is funny how there was one thing you say to somebody. Like, I remember, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to go down a dark hole. I remember this one theater director said something to me and it's never left me. Or this thing I remember my dad saying to me when I was like 10, never left me. Like still insecure about both of these things, you know. And it's these small things that we hear that are just like an innocuous comment probably to the people that say them. But we hear them. And it shapes a part of our life. And that's, see, this is what I love. This is what I do love about reality shows. I got to say, it's these small moments where we can hear this and relate something to our lives. We don't have to be billionaires to relate to this. We have been there ourselves. I do like this aspect of reality shows. I like when I can grasp onto something and make it about myself. (laughs) Um, And uh, she goes, then I would start overlining my lips. And then Chris goes, you should name a lip kit after him. And then they all laugh like, oh, my God, you should do a makeup collab with your first kiss. Andy then brings up Tyga, you guys. And he goes, how is your relationship with Tyga? And Kylie goes, we aren't friends, but we're okay. And I always wish him well and no bad feelings towards him at all. And uh, you know, I wish Andy goes, did you ever lend him money? Uh, Andy also goes, why didn't we see Travis Scott? And she goes, I don't know. Sometimes he just didn't want to be filmed. And then he goes, you kept your pregnancy secret. Why? And she goes, I shared so much of my life and I was so young at the time being pregnant. I didn't know how I would bring that to the public and I didn't want to deal with their opinions and I just didn't want to deal with that. I wanted it to be a happy time. And I love, I thought that's so dead on. Like, this is the right way to do it. Like she wasn't starving for attention and she also didn't need everybody's opinion about it. So she knew she had to pull back. And Chloe says, well, you know, but Kylie wasn't secretive with us and with family and friends. It was a beautiful pregnancy. Kendall says, the more at peace you are when you're pregnant, it totally goes into your child. And Stormy is an example of that. She is so amazing because I believe Kylie was at peace during her pregnancy. And Kim says, um, you know, I, I, I understand that totally. It gets really heightened when you're pregnant and you have pap- paparazzi and then sometimes they'll crash into you and it gets really scary. Andy asks Kylie, how did you hide? And she goes, oh, you know, I stayed in my house, my neighborhood. And towards the end, I couldn't even go outside. There was even paparazzi, there was helicopters. And then they would take pictures. And I remember I got a piece of furniture delivered and all of a sudden they said it was a crib and it wasn't even a crib. He asked, do you think marriage is in the cards for you? And, uh, she goes, you know, I'm not thinking about it, but I'm hoping to one day, which by the rumor, the rumor is Travis Scott called her wifey the other day, which he's done this before and they're back together. But I just, I don't, there's like, they, they don't do it for me either, but I guess maybe they shouldn't do it for me as I get older. You know, maybe I shouldn't be like, I'm enraptured by Travis and Kylie. Oh, I'm in ra- Oh, I'm swooning. Um, <laughs> um, and then Andy, uh, you know, um, reverses. And so as Chris once said, you're doing amazing, sweetie, from draping yourself in skims to freeing people in prison from KKW to KKW Esquire. And Kim goes, that is the goal to have an ESQ on the end of my name. And I'm taking the baby bar again in June. Uh, I was also told you can only take the baby bar three times before you have to like, you, you know, 
I guess there's like a three-time limit, so I think she kind of has to pass this time. She says, California has a 20% pass rate, but I'm confident I will pass. Then I will have only two years left of study left. And um, Andy goes, there's a famous quote of you where you said you wouldn't buy Courtney a pair of shoes because you bought her a career. Do you resent them not giving you your due, Kim? And Kim goes, no, Chloe and I talk about it a lot. This is the journey I thought I would do, you know, of being famous. But bringing the whole family, I always thought that was always going to be the case because I am 10 times more boring than anybody actually thinks I am. People think I'm sexy and all this stuff. You got to imagine, like, it wasn't like that Ray J sex tape. It was like, holy shit, this girl in inventing positions. Um, but she thought I was 10 more times more boring than I am in real life. Uh, she goes, I am nothing without my sisters and my family. I know they are the interesting stuff. My family is the interesting stuff, and I'm well aware of that. And then he goes, did you ever explain what happened to you and Paris? Um, who, you know, so remember her and Paris used to be best friends. When things blew up and she did the interview, I guess she called Chris's, um, like, cottage cheese fat butt or something like that. When Courtney goes, well, she did She's like, yeah, I think she did an interview where she called my butt fat. And Courtney says, cottage cheese ass. And Courtney. Courtney, Courtney, I don't, I don't, I didn't write the exact wording, but Courtney was like, oh my God, I zoned out, but I, that just came to me. Courtney hates Kim, man. I'm telling you. Kim says, well, you know, we are super cool now. You know, um, I never think I'm too good and will always know where I came from. I was her best friend for so long. I traveled the world because of her. She opened my, up my mind to and eyes to a whole other world. And I'm always very grateful of that. Um, he says, you're now transitioning into a lawyer. Will you pull back on presenting yourself so sexually? And she goes, you know what? I've thought about that, but you can do it all. When I went to the White House, I had just posted a bikini pic and I was worried. But then I thought you got to be there. You know, there's something so freeing about being 40 and in the best shape of my life. There was something empowering about that. I also don't want to embarrass my kids when they're in high school. So there will be limits at some point. And he says, you guys all put out their su sexually suggestive photos. Do any of you think about changing that up? And Chloe says, well, we all do what we are comfortable with. You know, we, we support each other for what we do. We have group chats. We ask about pictures. You know, is this pick too much? Is this pick? And then Andy goes, do they ever say no? And Kim goes, yeah, for my last trip, um, I sent the picture twice, hoping that, you know, they would give me a yes because it's National Peach Day coming up. So they, there was a big debate and they all told her no. So she hasn't posted it yet. But they're like, oh, I bet she'll post it someday. Um, new topic before Kanye. There was Kim's $10 million wedding, 72 days to Chris Humphreys. Let's bring him out. And Chris goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And all everybody laughs. And Chloe goes, oh, my God, I would love that moment. Kendall says, I love uncomfortable encounters. I imagine that's every sexual encounter with Kendall. Um that's a joke, folks. Stop. Um, Courtney says, um, well, yeah, he says, uh, who thought the marriage to Chris Humphreys would last? And Courtney says, well, I kind of did. But looking back, no. And Kim goes, why did you let me do that? Chloe says, remember the engagement party and the speech I made saying it wasn't going to last. Um Chris uh, Jenner lets us know it was the night before the rehearsals and I went to Kim and I said, if you really don't want to do this, don't do it. And Kim was like, yeah, she told me, if you don't want to do this, I will get you in a car right now, leave 
No one will ever ask you about it, and I will take care of all of it. And just think about that, you guys. Think about how crazy that, think about how much that mother loves them and, like, you know, supports that brand of, like, if you want to not go through this more marriage, I will sneak you out right now and I will handle the fallout. I will tell Chris. I will, like, imagine that. Imagine those things you just don't want to do and that there's somebody that would do it for you. Ooh, man, that is powerful stuff. Really, it gives me chills. It really does. Like that, to me, is very iconic of Chris Jenner. Because um, just think about that. Think about somebody that would do that for you. Um, but Kim says, if I leave, I will be um, captioned as the runaway bride forever. And she's like, I think I just got cold feet. So I went through with it. And she goes, also, the show paid us a fee to do the wedding, but I used that fee to pay for the wedding. I took the entire family's fee to pay for the wedding. I used all our production money on the wedding. And I kind of went through with the wedding because of the show, because I think I was going to let everyone down by not doing it, which in reality would probably help the show because it would have been amazing TV. Um. And then he said, well, the first few weeks of the wedding, did you think it would go the distance? And he goes, she goes, we got to Italy on the honeymoon. And I realized immediately, I think I made the wrong decision. And then in New York, I was miserable when we moved there. Um, And he goes, was there one moment that you decided to end it now? And she said, yeah, like I walked into our apartment and I saw 17 pairs of his basketball shoes all over the place. And I felt very claustrophobic, which by the way, maybe that's why Kanye just made that creepy mansion. Like nothing was there. It was just a blank space. Uh, but they all laugh at this. But Kim goes, I broke up with him the wrong way. And I owe him an apology. I tried for months and months after that. And she tells a story about bumping into him at the Beverly Hills Hotel. She had North with her. She was about to have Saint. He was with a table full of guys. They all said hi to her. And Chris ignored her completely. He wouldn't even look at her. Which, by the way, I totally understand. You know, like, I, I get that. There is a certain kind of hurt that involves love that hurts at such a core level, such a spiritual level that it is so hard because I think at the end of the day to forgive, you have to almost let yourself back in that space of loving that person so much and thinking it would last forever that it's a scary place to go back to even to forgive somebody because I think that the risk is to then feel something for them again. And you get so used to not liking the, to hating the person to making them bad that you don't want to make them whole again because in a way it would potentially bring those feelings back. It's, it's hard to explain. Um, so Kim's also says, but you know, Chris is very faith-based. So he wanted an annulment, not a divorce, but she said, well, if we got an annulment, the whole world would wonder if he did it for the show, because if an annulment, the annulment says it would have to be a fraud and they would think, well, did Kim just get married for the show? And so she didn't want that. But she said, if I was mature, I would have wanted the annulment as well, because I really wish I had only been married once in retrospect. So it is interesting. A lot of Kim's and you could kind of attribute this, not attribute this, but kind of make comparisons to Chrissy Teigen is she did a lot of things back in the day for fame. And she admits that she about how we thought of her, the public, how we thought of her. She was very concerned about that. She says, at one point in our relationship, six months after our divorce, because he asked about Kanye, I called Kanye and said, you aren't going to say I told you so about the divorce with Chris. And then six months after that, we went on our first date and I knew it was over. And 
she said it was lots of love. It was so real. It was my first real marriage. And he said, "Would you tell? Would you? Would you let us know what what went wrong? Why? Why the uh, the separation?" And she goes, "You know, I wouldn't say it on TV, but I will say it's not one thing. But there's a general difference of opinions that led to this decision. But I don't want to think. I don't want people to think that I didn't give it my all. You know, it's like, of course, everything. You know, you want you want your kids to have two parents that stay together. You know, I know that myself from coming from a divorced home." Um, and she says, how is your relationship now with Kanye? And it's like, great. We co- we're such, we co-parent excellent. We have a great co-parenting relationship. And she says, Kanye was my friend first. And I can't see that going away. Kanye will always be my family. And um, I, I got to say, this was very, this, this read very true to me. I have a high bullshit meter and this read very true and I like that aspect of we were friends first and I almost tend to believe her. But also I want to point out one thing that I thought we have a general difference of opinions that led to this decision. And I want to really, you know, I know the Kardashians can get a lot of shit, you know, but I do want to point out the things that Kanye went through. And people could say, well, some of that he went through because of the Kardashians. Sure. But remember his Twitter rants, his his political views. Remember, and even when he was on his medication, he still has very different political views. And for somebody that I believe Kim will run for office one day, not for president, but I believe she will hold office, she will be a lawyer, all of this stuff, she does have a difference of opinions on how she feels and sees the world. That's a core, it's very hard for relationships, you know? So those core, but I do wonder sometimes about parenting. Are they together on that? Like that, I do wonder about. I don't know. I'm curious about. Um, He says, can you see yourself dating a non-celebrity ever? And she goes, yeah, totally. I'm very different today, more than I ever have been. And I I respect privacy now. Uh, And he goes, are you dating Van Jones? And she's like, no, but he'll text me and goes, man, this rumor has got me a lot of dates. Are you dating Maluma? And she goes, no, but he is very nice. I really like him. And... uh, he goes, Courtney, who has handled fame best and worst? And she goes, Kim handles it best. Um, but yeah, it sometimes gets to Chloe. And Chloe goes, well, it, it more recently has. And she says, "I." Uh, Chloe says, I try to remember what the breaking point is for me. And after years and years of being a punching bag, I think it finally happened, you know, with my looks and my weight and this and that. It's 15 years of the same commentary. And, you know, it, it, you eventually does break you in a way. And Kendall also says, well, yeah, but also personal situations, you know, and they try to bring in more social media. And Kendall goes, no, I mean, you've been through a lot of trauma. That could also play a part as well, which is actually a very smart, you know, because I'm like, once again, we as the audience are being blamed for a lot of things. I'm like, what about the multiple men that have cheated on you? Drug addiction? Like, what about all of this shit? Like, are we going to mention this? And he goes, the robbery, how has it affected you, Kim, your life on a daily basis? And she says, well, now all my jewelry is borrowed or fake that you see me wearing. No expensive items come to my home anymore. Uh, I will take them from security before I enter a home. I can't sleep if I have jewelry or money at my house in a safe. But on a positive note, I'm completely a different person in the best way. She said, I used to be so concerned with having the best car, the coolest rims, those things I valued before. I valued them so much. And, but then I realized after the robbery, those things, 
I value, those things don't make me, which I thought should kind of be a cautionary tale to one Miss Kylie Jenner, who seems like that's all that she fucking cares about, you know? You know what I'm saying? Between you and me, Kylie needs to stop that shit. I almost thought I was like, oh my God, maybe the robbery, maybe Chris Jenner did that because she thought Kim was getting out of control. It was like, let's uh, humble Kim a little bit more. What if Chris Jenner hires some people to rough up Kylie just so they can break her of her buying a different car every week? That's a dark thought, but think about it. Like if you did a dark comedy, a Hollywood film, that would potentially be a plot line. So Chloe says, even as a sister, I've seen Kim's change. The attention she gives us, she is so much more present, so much more involved. Chloe says, uh, he goes, Chloe, in later seasons, you've seemed to have carried the show with your relationship. Or Does that frustrate you at all? And she says, sometimes me and Kim will get mad about it if we feel like other people aren't giving as much. But I only get mad if something is happening and they're not letting that be shown. Sometimes things just don't happen to people and you can't be mad at them for that. And, you know, recently my relationship things have happened. And so that was going to be on the show. But she says the example is Courtney um, with Scott. You know, how much of the public relationship were involved with her and Scott made her not want to talk about future relationships down the line. So all of a sudden we couldn't talk about Courtney relationships or what she was doing. Um, and Andy goes, do you feel like you got an unfair advantage, Courtney? And she goes, yeah, if you want to call it that, I guess. And then he goes, do you think you, things would have been different with Scott, uh, without the public you know, stuff? And she goes, sure, but everything happens for a reason. Kendall anxiety, um, and fame. Oh, he asked Kendall about her anxiety and, and she said, you know, fame brought it to a new level. And he said, yeah, I mean, like the stalkers cannot help either. And she said, yeah, the paparazzi is just so high energy. It heightens every experience. And Andy goes, there was once a a rumor I heard about you guys that you uh, told a story to all your friends to see who was leaking stories to the press so you could kill the rat in your friend group. And she goes, no, we didn't do that. But we I did send a couple pictures of North to a group of people and one photo did leak but I could never figure out who it was in this friend group. And Courtney says, tell me the friend group. I fucking bet it was food. God, you guys. Um, Chris says, uh, he goes, Chris, you started the series as a married woman, but uh, that unfortunately fell apart. How long have you and Corey been together? And she goes, six years. What do you like about the relationship? The chemistry, the dynamic, she says. He's a really great guy who brings joy to my life. He loves my kids. We know a lot of the same people. Um, how did you meet? We went to Spain. I, she goes, I went to Spain with Kim for 24 hours and met him there. And Kendall goes, I was there too. <laughs> Kim and Courtney, why weren't you accepting of, um, Corey at first? And Courtney says, no, I was really close with Courtney, um, with Corey. It's, it's Chloe and Kim. They put him through hell. Chloe says, you know, my mom had just gotten out of a long marriage. So I, I wanted to make sure she didn't get hurt again. We interrogated the hell out of him. Um, and then he goes, Chris, do you have fond memories of your ex, um, on this show? And she goes, yeah, of course I do. Of course. And you know, what I got out of the relationship was two sixths of my heart. I got Kylie and Kendall. So it's a blessing. And then he, he asked, do you think you would have split up if not for Caitlin's transition? And she goes, you know what? I, I think so. And all the girls are like, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, So, uh, and then he asked, did you know 
that she was planning to transition. And Chris goes, no, I did not know. And then he asks, do you forgive her for how she treated you after your divorce? And it ends right there. So on Sunday, we get the second part of this reunion where you get the Kindle relationship being brought into it. You get Scott, you get the Tristan cheating where we, where we hear that Tristan cheated again, supposedly. I don't know if that means recently or if that was like the two times he did it before the pregnancy. So I don't know, but I'm very excited. You know, at first I saw this and I was thinking they could have gone a lot farther, but after talking about it with you guys, I think I kind of liked it a little bit more maybe. Or maybe I'm just a damn good recapper. Woo, 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 woo. No, I don't know. I, I do kind of enjoy talking about them. I am going to be sad to stop talking about them. And I know that sounds silly. Um, you guys, I love you so much. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you party your balls off. Please send me a message where you're partying or having fun or what you're doing. I hope you guys are, are having a good time. Think of me if you can. That would be awesome. I don't know. That's such a weird thing. Hey, were you guys think of me this week? <laughs> I'll talk to you guys on Monday. I'm going to go hang out with my folks. Bye, guys. Love you. Betches.